Letters. Welcome back to the Blunt Letters podcast. I'm your host, Electric, and I'm here in the room with me. And John B. What's your name? Gerbil. And Gerbil. Gerbil, you're just going to take over right now, Gerbil. Welcome to the Blunt Letters podcast. Anytime Michaela and I are in the room together, it's just exponentially more giggles. Oh, okay. Get out of my system. We're very excited to be recording in the same room. It always is more fun. As you can tell, we're already there. Yep. I'm sweating already. So get here with us because we're talking about some cool shit. Survive tonight. <laughs> Zip zap it. We got some blunt letters updates. <laughs> Guess what? We're finally on an Apple Podcast. Here's your answered, everybody. All it took was giving up our <sighs> giving my goddamn social security number to the government. So I hope you all fucking appreciate it. That's why we weren't doing it for two years, and then I gave in. <laughs> fine, fine. Track me. Look at what I say. Anyway, we're on Apple now. I hope you guys appreciate it. Yeah, listen to us on Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. We're also getting closer to launching our Patreon. So Ooh, get ready give for us that. Money. It's like we're loading all the bonus content and behind the scenes and extra, extra read all about it bullshit that you're going to want to know. <laughs> Yo, jars of farts are available. It's true. Yeah, it's, it's like the third tier, I think. So... Get ready for that announcement. It's on its way. And Michaela also has something brewing. So, yeah, starting March 7th, there will be a whole new Blunt Letters podcast that is dedicated completely to horror. Um, I'm leading it by myself because Electric does not really like horror, though she will be a guest on, as and as will Gerbil. And a lot of the people you know from this podcast, but we're going to be talking about horror, not just movies or tv but books and art and comics and music and anything games anything horror that i can dig up because i love it so it's called bleed with me and you'll be able to find it on spotify i'm not on apple or anything yet but uh you'll be able to start listening in march every other tuesday that the blunt letters isn't on so if you miss us you can still hear at least my pretty voice every yeah. every week you'll get some blunt letters content every week again because we couldn't stay away from you and we promised you new stuff so that's here right you go. new new scary for you new and scary new scary just in time for things. the end times i'm like too scared to be on the podcast full time but i'll be yeah. appearing on some creepy Topics. Yeah, we have some really good. I have the first three episodes already recorded, and they're really going to be good. We're talking like found footage and the menu, and we, me and Gerbil talk about one of my favorite authors, Grady Hendrix, and <laughs> and Barbarian with a new guest who's never appeared yet, but I got him on. Is Ooh. Omar is actually going to be on the new podcast? So there's something to look forward to, everybody. Um, so tune in. And there'll be updates and creepy shit. And probably a lot more horror memes going on on the Blunt Letters main feed. Because, you know, I collect them. I collect (laughs) them. Speeps, 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 speeps. Yeah. Zip zap. Let's talk about Trader Joe's. We're going to give you an update. A few episodes ago, we were thinking, like, did the... They still brand their salsas Trader Jose and racist stuff. Ethnic foods. It's like I don't know if you're supposed weird, to call it ethnic. Food. It's just a weird thing to say. <laughs> food from other places than America or Europe. Regional. Yeah, like not white food. <laughs> <laughs> Good food. Yeah. Anyway, so they yeah. just call it whatever. Like for salsa, you know, it's just That's Trader good. Joe's like salsa. It did used to say like Trader Jose yeah. or like whatever. But Trader I did Wands. the like work and I. Good job. I got there. Michaela, you had just learned about another food, like, resource that was just a cool thing that's not really science, but it's just actually awesome, so. Yeah, I I saw it on the news, because it was taking place in San Jose, 
And I live near there now, near enough, I guess. That's all the news. And it's this place called Fresh Approach. And it's this nonprofit that takes, it has like a food truck. And then they go to farmer's markets and buy out a whole bunch of the vegetables there at regular cost, like regular price. And then they bring the, the fresh groceries and the organic produce to food deserts and places that people don't normally get a lot of fresh produce or have like farmer's markets and sell it at a cheaper price so it's affordable so it's like it was really fucking cool and a lot of people are like literally in tears because they're like oh we can never get stuff like this good or we can never get fresh produce in our neighborhood and it's like changed our lives and stuff so it was just a really cool like idea i wish that more people would do that i really like the idea of using food trucks to help food deserts as opposed to just sell more like fucking creme brulee to rich people at the museum or whatever you know it's like that not that there's anything wrong with that but it's like oh what a cool idea i never thought of just like getting a food truck to deliver good food to people who don't have it so they did and you can like check them out we'll have a link in the show notes you know i think i saw something like that in japan because i was watching that show where the japanese small children go on errands oh yeah and one of the errands was they go to the like van of food and get food from a, a list that they were given oh neat yeah if I recall, they did not do it, but <laughs> you just wandered around. But it's like very rare that they don't. Most of the time they do it. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just wanted to mention it. It's a good idea. Spread the word. Yeah. Little mobile farmer's markets. Like it's hella cute. Yeah. Super cool. You were telling me about legal pads because yeah. I was taking notes and then you were like laid some shit on me and I was like, what is this science or some shit? We were talking about remembering stuff and how if you write down something like a list, you'll even remember oh, things. I'm better. obsessed with lists. That's right. Yeah, you, you and me both. Like I love crossing shit off a list. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh yeah, it, they say like legal pads are yellow because it helps you remember easier. And then you were like, for real, is that a real thing? And I was like, I think so. But then I was <laughs> making shit up. <laughs> I was like, it could just be like you're a- really taking this have the confidence of a white man thing way too far. <laughs> now you're now you're just making shit up, which is something they also do, or repeating shit that's just taught to me like randomly on the streets and like has no like verification. I feel like yeah. So I looked up to I looked up to it. I looked, I looked up to it and said, Oh great legal pad, <laughs> tell me your ways. I looked I looked into it and I was like, Okay, here's the story of the fucking legal pad. This dude, Thomas Holly. Holly Thomas Holly. In Massachusetts around eighteen eighty eight. He used to work at this paper mill and there would be scraps all over the floor and he picked them up and would make them into pads of paper. And some people say that he started doing his legal pads as yellow because it stimulates the mind and like the areas of recall and creativity. But there's actually no evidence of that. There is evidence that some judge around 1900 had asked him to add a vertical line on the left side of the paper to create a margin. And so they're always drawn one and a quarter inches from the left edge and it doesn't actually matter if the paper is yellow at all so you lied to me so i like continue to propagate misinformation jesus christ however okay yellow does relate to acquired knowledge according to like you know psychology of color yeah so it's like that color resonates with the logic side of the brain and stimulates mental agility and perception so In theory, that's the kind of shit that, like, lawyers need to think about because they're always trying to scheme their way out of a situation. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I think that even if it wasn't yellow back in the day of Mr. Holly, I think that it's certainly still yellow now because of that. I'm going to get one so I can remember things. So what are you drinking? All right. What am I drinking? Wouldn't you like to know? We're going to have a video out about it. It's a A TikTok blueberry oh we need a name i know we didn't name it but and i went to bevmo tonight in a weird ass part of town so weird i thought it was a trick we had to go over this area where it said like do not reverse severe tire damage and i was like what the fuck i don't want to go forward over that either (laughs) so i was like whatever we're going and then uh it was there it was all there it was super weird that they would gate it like that it was a gated bevmo (laughs) yeah and i was like what the fuck we were in like a fancy part of san jose and i was like 
I don't like this part at all. I was really sketched out personally. Anyways, we got our stuff there. We got some really delicious Hendrix gin that's yeah. like a floral finish. I like it a lot. Yeah, and we muddled that with some fresh blueberries. Bloops. And, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and then what? Shook it up with some ice and topped what? it with mango seltzer, and it was friggin' bomb. So good ridiculously good it's really like flowery but not in a gross way not in a perfume way but in like a delicious way i feel like the blueberry grounds it a little bit too mm-hmm. it gives it a little tartness. bit of like tartness and also like acid natural sweetness but not oh yeah and it, they were so. sweet blueberries like it's you're like should we time. muddle them with sugar and then i tasted one i was like hell no like they were like candy yeah you i guess some good bloops <laughs> two for five bloops. two for five bloops pp for sure bloops, baby. <laughs> PP for short coming through on that. Nice bloobs, people for short. You'll never hear that. <laughs> I want to touch your bloobs, PP. <laughs> it's delicious. What are you drinking, Jerbs? That's cold out again. I got a hot toddy. Oh, yeah. that's great. Yeah. Made out of what? Uh, you know, white tea. Piss. Yeah, and piss. That's it. White tea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Tobor do white tea. Ooh, yeah. Oh yeah, nice, nice, yeah. nice. You know, my, my white guy drink. It's it's. I love it. I, Irish whiskey, English tea, and uh, Hamptons mm. honey. Nice. Yes. Everything wrong with colonialism. Exactly. Is what Everything we're gonna call terrible. your drink. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't we talking about colonialism today? When aren't we, girl? When aren't we? (laughs) (laughs) Tell me that moment. (laughs) Probably when we were talking about that Ethiopian food later, earlier. Because that shit was the bomb. Later, earlier it was. I'm thinking about eating it later. (laughs) Because we have leftovers. Earlier it was and later it will be. I'm thinking about Ethiopian food and bongs. and. No, you can't. You got to think about objects in the sky. We have the finest recipe that comes close to your favorite dressing. Comes close? Here at Uncanny Valley, we use all the best ingredients to bring you a ranch dressing-like sensation. Here, try. Why does that salad make me feel so uncomfortable? I don't want to dip my pizza in that. It makes me queasy. That dip straight up makes me want to cry. It's bringing out my innate fear of death. Oh, we think you'll love it if you just try it. I just can't get over something unnatural about this salad dressing. Yeah, what it did to my chicken wing is a crime against nature. Look, if you could just get past the slightly imperfect nature of UBR, we know you'll learn to love it just like the real thing. So, what, is it vegan? No. Nope, 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 nope. I don't like it. Try it today. Absolutely not. Uncanny Valley Ranch, it's unsettlingly similar to food you like. I know that this season has been a lot of UAP, UFO kind of content, but there's a lot going on in the sky. We keep trying to avoid it, and we're like, we can't just talk about it. Uh, at one point, we're like, should we change the description of our podcast to paranormal or something? Because it was just like, we cannot escape it, though. And then as just as we were like, oh, we're going to do some doppelganger stuff. We'll do some this and that. It was like, four fucking objects seen in the sky. And it's like, oh. Okay, I mean, how do we not cover a million things being shot down out of the sky? In the last month. That's not even science fiction or like paranormal. Like this is just straight up like the news, the news, regular ass news. Well, yeah, Gerbil was the one who brought to my attention. He was like, we're going to talk about those UAPs. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then I was like, oh, my fucking God. And then, like, as it was happening, I kept being like, Jamal, it's another one. There's another one. You know, like, yeah, yeah you it's told this me other about one. the other ones. I didn't even. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, I got obsessed. And I was like taking screenshots of like the Wikipedia pages as it was coming out so I could see how it would change. Like taking screenshots of like news things so I could see how it changed. Because it's happened so many times where things come out and I see the news and then that report disappears and then it's completely different stories. So now I've learned to screenshot these fucking things right away. Like a crazy fucking person. But was I wrong? They changed the Wikipedia page and it was not that significant, but it was a little bit weird. The shape of the object changed. Yeah, and I think that's odd. That's not the kind of thing you'd think would change. Right. Because of like, you know, you get more information. It would make sense that the Wikipedia page be updated. But the shape changing, that's odd. Yeah, initial initially they said those ones that weren't the giant Chinese spy balloon were like cylindrical shape. And then now and I took a picture of it so I could have it, you know, put on the blog. And now they're saying it was oct 
pentagonal. And it's like, how do you mistake that? Like, there's just such a different shape. Like, what do you mean? Like, you went from being cylindrical to hexagonal, like a weird shape. I don't know. It's like, there's so, it's like, that's not even round. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. How am I trying to say this? Like, those are all like hard angles and a cylinder is all soft angle. It's like, it's all round. Like, how do you mistake that? So which one was that? The South Carolina one? Chinese spy balloon? The one that was called a Chinese spy balloon and not an object? No, the objects. The objects. These different silver objects were first described as being cylindrical. And then when we went back to check it out on Wikipedia, it said now that they were octagonal. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And we were like, what the fuck? Remember? We just looked at this like yesterday or something. Yeah. I'm trying to remember which event it was. Well, like all three of them kind of looked the same, right? So there was the big... Chinese spy balloon, which we know is just like whatever. And then what happened, according to the White House, is that they tweaked their radars and shit because they were like, oh, we didn't even think about this altitude. So then they tweaked it for lower altitude spy things or higher, whatever, whichever way, I don't know. Essentially, they were like, we fine tuned our radar and then that's when we found all these other objects. So that's the, that's the story they're sticking to. And then once they found these objects, they were all supposedly cylindrical shaped, according to that early wikipedia but then now when we go online and look at it it said that they were they were not shaped like that so i just thought that was very weird it's like okay so it's like what the pilots were wrong at first like what do you mean that's odd it is odd it's not a huge thing but i was like what the fuck is up with that so yeah we had the chinese spy balloon we had the alaska object the canadian object shot by down trudeau well shot down by us because trudeau told us to by the way well it he wasn't gave even the okay because it was in canada canadian airspace but why the fuck don't they shoot their own shit down isn't it weird that we're shooting it down for them i don't know i think so but does yeah. Canada have stuff to shoot down things? I don't or? even think so. That's why I was... It's not that big a deal. It's like, if you're, like, America's neighbor and you're like, I'm Canadian, it's like, do you have your own military? Because a lot of Canadians come down here to be in the American military. You know, I don't actually know, but it still seems kind of fucking weird. Especially when the the defense minister, when he retired, came out and said there was, like, 52 different fucking species that the United States oh, deals with. right. They definitely have a military yeah. then, because that guy was in charge of it yeah the defense minister came out when he retired was like there's fucking ufos and everyone was like lost their shit about it but apparently that wasn't in the news a lot but you can all look it up you guys like he said there was something like 50 something different entities that live on the earth with us united states is in charge of it they deal with it the the fucking president of mexico said the same thing united states is the liaison between the aliens and humans we're in charge of everything and when there's a crash the Air Force comes. Even in Mexico, if there's a cr- an alien crash, the Air Force comes and pick it up, they said. And this is the president of the United Like, these aren't like wing nuts. These are people who are in charge of the government. And they're finally just like, we don't have a problem saying they're real. Yeah. And then remember, I was like, we were having that discussion about the UAP report that was released in the January. Mm-hmm. And you were like, balloon-like entities, what the fuck? And then I was like, oh, that was probably just yeah. me. I looked it up. It wasn't. It wasn't you. They said balloon-like entities in their report. Like, that's the language they used. That's some nope shit. (laughs) What do you mean entities? Because you wouldn't call, like, a non-living thing an entity. You would call it something else, I would think. Object. Why would you say entity? It's weird. This fucking scares the shit out of me. Yeah, and there's, like, a thousand balloons above the United States at any given time, which is weird. I'm like, there's balloons up there? There's a hella balloons. There's just so much shit up there, and you can't see it at all. Nope. And then they're like, oh, wait, but these are scary balloons. And it's like, okay. But what we also talked about was how weird that this all started happening right when that fucking crazy train crash happened. Right. Which is like Archer Noble or whatever is what they're saying. Like, it's so fucking bad, right? So so then we were like, okay, so maybe this is all just bullshit to take our minds off of this train crash because they really didn't cover it at first. But then we looked into the train crash and it was so fucking weird. Some of the coincidences that now I'm my conspiracy brain is all like in plain sight, predictive programming, like what the fuck? Conspiracy corner. Seriously, conspiracy corner. Welcome to Conspiracy Corner with your hosts, the Bloodletters. So we looked into the train crash, which happened in East Palestine, Ohio. And there's a new movie out by Noah Baumbach called White Noise. And I'm like, so not a fan of his movies. I'm not 
at all, but I forced myself to watch three quarters of this film as far as I could get through it. It, it. it got through the train part, but I shit you not, this movie takes place in East, it was filmed in East Palestine, Ohio, about a train crash that releases toxic chemicals into the town and they all have to evacuate. It has Adam Driver and Greta Gerwig. Of course this it does. This is like a big time, this is like a big actor <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. Some of the people that were extras in that fucking movie about it are now living that fucking movie. Like, it literally happened to them. Like, the movie crew left. They were like, ha, 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 what a crazy movie. We pretended we were refugees escaping this fucking toxic cloud taking over our town. And then it fucking happens in real life. The other part that's really weird about this movie is it's a lot about simulacra and, like, this, like, false world right like this fake fucking reality what yeah it was terrible but it gets to that point where it's like why is this movie talking about a simulacra why is it talking about like oh we're just there's like this is part of the movie where the people that are helping the evacuees are like oh this is a simulate he's like why does it say simulation or whatever on your arm and he's like oh well normally we're uh oh yeah we're simulating these events but this is real and he's like but wait this is real right and he's like oh yeah but normally we'd just be simulating it so we're yeah, getting data like, for it if this was a simulation we would have done this mm-hmm. so it talks about how it's a simulation and then this shit happens in real fucking life to the people in this town that's that's the kind of suspicious. shit that i'm talking about where i talk about in plain sight and i talk about this predictive programming it's like tell me what or weird or we have to do a huge deep dive into coincidence because i don't buy it man like what the fuck kind of coincidence is that dude if it is a coincidence what are the chances of that it's another coincidence you know it's another phenomenon i want to understand because it's just as creepy as it being a setup it's like if it's a setup by these weird illuminati freakazoids that are doing these weird fucked up things, that's creepy. If it's just pure coincidence, that too is very creepy. Like, that doesn't yeah, make me feel any fucking better. Yeah, creepy. That doesn't make me feel any better. It makes me want to never be in a town where they film a goddamn disaster movie. I'll tell you that shit right now. If it's just coincidence. So what is that whole thing? Like, and then I was like, is this a, all a huge ruse just to get our mind off of World War Three? Because then I start looking into like, well, what's going on in the real world now? Because I kept being like, what are they hiding? What are they hiding? And then I kept finding these layers. And then it's like, oh, yeah, we're pretty much at World War Three. Like Biden just shows up unannounced in Poland. What? Like the day right around when all this shit's happening, the fucking Russians call off a peace treaty with us that they had since the fucking 80s or something or 90s. And it says like no, that they're not going to nuke us. They called that off. They're like, we're done. No more peace treaty. So it's like, I feel like this is like, maybe this was all what they're really trying to get us out to look is like, World War Three is fucking coming. Or Cold War t- at least. It's getting really bad. So it's like, I just kept trying to figure out like, what are they hiding? What are they distracting us from? And I'm like, oh, I've pretty much just annihilation apparently. Like, cause what the fuck? Ugh. It's not good. We're only in season three. But I don't know. I mean, again, it could just be another Cold War thing. It's not like we're all going to die, but I'm just saying like, is that what they're really distracting us from? Cause this is getting bad. People that are from the eighties, like Like have a weird paranoia about the Cold War. I know. I thought I was going to get bombed by Russia in like fifth grade on. Yeah, that's what I mean. Exactly. So Mm -hmm. it's like, I don't really want to be a Cold War homie. Like it seems fucked up. Or it's all just weird coincidences. Who knows, guys? But anyway, that's what's been going on with the UAPs. I don't know. I'm almost thinking it's just their own balloons they shot down. So they're like, oh, nothing to see here. Russia's totally not about to launch nukes at us. <laughs> Look at the UFOs. And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Dude, it's fucked up that they keep being like UFOs as a distraction because it's like, can you just tell us or not? Like, I hate the dangling of the carrot now. If you listen to anyone else with the United States, they'll tell you it's true. Like I said, even Russia came out and said they were real. 
like again officials in the government i'm not when i talk about people i believe they're not just wingnuts like puff and paint in the backwoods like these are military people government officials high-ranking officials like I'm not just saying this because I want it to be true. Like, this is the kind of shit I've researched for fucking dozens of years. And these are the things these whistleblowers are saying. And you and I both know we've seen fucking aliens on this planet. Dude, the other day, like the fucking weird trail I live on that is like a crazy portal or whatever. I don't know what the fuck is happening. And we'll get into it the next one a little bit. But I'm sitting there after seeing a doppelganger and I'm like freaking out and I'm talking to you electric on the phone and so i'm trying to calm down from also like utter weirdness on this trail that i live right next to you and then this guy walks by and just eats this like dead tree like there's a dead tree oh shit the dead tree guy like like a branch that had fallen like weeks ago on the trail and he just stops walks up to it and just grabs a leaf and eats it and i'm like what's happening and then he walks three more feet looks at another bush and eats it like puts some in his mouth and keeps walking and i was like is this a fucking alien like just gathering samples because i'm pretty sure that's fucking i thought i was sitting across them in a eucalyptus tree which are poisonous you don't eat those leaves so i'm like am i worried about this guy is this his final walk like is he trying to kill himself <laughs> so like remember we're talking and i was like i gotta go look for this guy and you're like well what are you gonna do if you find him i'm like fucking stand there and call the ambulance and then talk to the fucking paramedics and be like they think he ate eucalyptus and show him the trees he ate like ruin my day because this guy's <laughs> fucking eating shit like what do you mean what am i gonna do i'm not gonna let someone just die like i gotta go see if he's dead but he was fine i mean he was gone i don't actually don't know where he went he was zapped <laughs> up by the fucking mothership because i was like what is this guy doing eating weird dead leaves you said he could have pika, which is also true. Yeah, pika is where you eat objects and, um, you know, things that aren't food, basically. And I was like, I could see a crunchy leaf being like a crunchy chip or something. No, I bet it was delicious, I guess, but I was scared for the guy. This museum prevents phalluses or penises from the animal kingdom with all the artistic pieces around as well. Over 250 penises and 350 artistic renderings of phalluses from all around Iceland, including four human specimens. I've been collecting over 40 years now. I'm almost 70. I've got foxes, minks, house mouse, field mouse, rats, brown rats, black rats, pigs, horses, rams, bulls, Reindeer, polar bear, seals, walruses, harbor seal, rat seal, sperm whale, humpback, minky whale, peculiar whale, dolphin. I've got them all. I've got specimens from all mammalian species, including a proper human. This ad is in no way endorsed by the actual museum and shouldn't reflect poorly on the advertising choices of the Icelandic Phallic Museum and its employees within. This is purely satire, even though technically based on actual words from the founder's mouth from the documentary, which we use in satire. Don't sue us, thanks. Don't sue us. Jokes and jokes and spaghetti. Welcome back to the Blunt Letters Podcast. This time... We're talking doppelgangers. So we're doing that because we wanted to do we want to. a Twin Peaks segment, but then we decided that it's actually going to be an entire episode because we cannot stop talking about Twin Peaks. There's too much to discuss There's without it becoming its own episode. So actually, tune in next episode because it's actually going to be all about Twin Peaks. Every minute of that next hour will pretty much be about it but this is leading up to it because they do deal with doppelgangers and pulpas and doubles so once we started talking about that i was like doppelgangers are again their own thing that was so fascinating that we just sort of separated it but we're kind of gearing you up for our twin peaks yeah because there's doppelgangers in twin peaks and they play a lot of roles there's a lot of them and they play a lot of roles yeah yeah they're important so what is a doppelganger? In German, it means double walker or ghostly counterpart. Creepy. Yeah. And essentially, it's become to mean just like a, seeing a double of yourself a That's lot of right. times. I mean, you could see someone else's doppelganger, but also it's like the ones that are really scary to me is when you see your own doppelganger. That's supposed to mean that you're going to die soon. Like it's if you true. see your own doppelganger, it's like a bad omen that you're going to be peacing out. And that became a popular idea in horror after Fyodor Dostoevsky's 
the devil in 1846. You know Dostoevsky. He wrote like War and Peace. Crime and Punishment. Did he write War and Peace? I don't know. Crime and Punishment for sure. I know it was like one of those two words like Law and Order. Fart knocker. <laughs> yeah, I think he wrote Law and Order. <laughs> Anyways, you get it. That guy. So he made it popular too. We talk a lot about people making things popular on this show. Like meaning authors making certain genres popular and this was one of those guys that made this idea really well known in like western literature and philosophy but like the people in history that there's been people in history who've seen their doppelgangers though outside of this literary idea it's like straight up people saw them yeah that's true there's some pretty remarkable ones like John Dunn, he saw his wife and child before he learned about the child dying at birth and his wife was currently struggling. Mm -hmm. John Dunn is like a writer, right? I forget who he is. I guess so, yeah. He's like some famous guy from the past. Catherine the Great was the one that I thought was interesting because it wasn't just her that saw it. The, her sentries saw her like walking down the hall or whatever. And was like, what the fuck? Like someone or found her. They were like, uh, there's someone sitting on your throne that looks just like you. She's like, they're like, wait, that's not you. Yeah. And so then she was like, OK, show me this person. And they go there and they said that she was lazily sitting on the throne and like laughing and like waved at them. And then. Catherine the Great was like, shoot that bitch. They were like, <laughs> told her sentries to shoot it. And then there's like really nothing else after that. Like there's no story like what happened after they shot at it. But we do know that she died not too long after that. And that's fucking creepy. And Queen Elizabeth the first saw herself as a corpse in her own bed and then died shortly after it. That's right. Like that's not a story. Like these are people saying this is what happened. Goeth Goeth saw himself. Goethe. Goethe saw himself riding by on horseback, wearing a jacket that he would later own. Whoa. So people say that he saw himself in the future, Whoa. which we'll get to like ideas of doppelgangers from different cultures. But this is one of them where you see yourself. Or like a spirit version of you lives your life before you get there. Like some kind of time loop. Yeah. Gary. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was Percy Shelley, right? Who was like, you said he was strangling Mary Shelley in a vision? Yeah. He saw a vision of himself strangling his wife. That's so creepy. And then like said that it floated down to him above him one night, like as he was in bed, which is so scary. Like not just like walked over to him, but like floated down from the ceiling and then whispered, how long do you mean to be content? It's like, How long do you mean to be content? And then, of course, we all know he fucking died young. Like, and then his this other writer, Jane Williams, said she saw the doppelganger in the garden. She was like, I saw him in the garden. And he's like, that wasn't me. That was my other. And she was like, oh. So he even has like like, witnesses. What? Yeah. (laughs) Like, can you imagine? Insert what here again. seriously because like you your friend and your homie who is hanging out at your house Mm -hmm. is saying hey i saw you in the garden and you're like no "No." been in here all day you probably saw that other thing that's fucked (laughs) up whispers shit to me in the night it's like oh what which does remind me of the guy de maupassant or whatever yeah. That story of us like being followed or like controlled by something. It's like, that's fucking scary. Oh, yeah. Did you read La Orla? Yeah. It was oh, good. my God. It's such a good short story by this dude, Guy de Maupassant. He wrote The Necklace. If you're familiar with that short story, he was like this French guy who wrote short stories that were really good. He's supposed to be like the best French short story writer of all time. Certainly for 1850. Mm-hmm. I was like reading some other short stories by people from the 1800s and was bored. This dude is not boring. He, he really is like telling this story about this guy who is tormented by his double. And he has all these like weird ass things like he drinks his milk and water. It wasn't even like invisible though it was invisible yeah mm-hmm. but he knew he was there because he was like consuming his water and milk and shit 
Which is interesting because in real life, that author thought he had a doppelganger. Like he thought he was being followed. He thought that even that story he said was whispered to him by his doppelganger, like sat next to him and whispered to him. Yeah. And it's super weird because like in the story he talks about, or rather the story is told by diary entries. And so it'll be like the next month or nothing happened for three days. And then you're like, this seems like he really was keeping track because he was getting more and more paranoid that somebody was like watching him or he himself was watching him or like he talked about it being an entity like maybe from outer space or a god or some other shit that was there to torment him and he's just like what the fuck Mm -hmm. and in the story he like is so tormented that he sets his house on fire yeah he tries to chap it yeah, he traps it in the room and then sets the house on fire and watches his house burn. And I was like, holy shit, this escalated quickly. Like, But he couldn't stand it. He couldn't stand being around it anymore. And so it's very interesting to me that like he had those feelings in real life. Although it is pointed out that he did have syphilis for a long time, since a young age, maybe even from his mom. So like he was losing his mind by the end and did end up taking his own life in a mental institution. But... He really, really was haunted. And I don't always say that just because you have a certain affliction doesn't mean what you're seeing isn't true. Yeah, and certainly it was real for him, you know? Well, that's what they always say, but I think I go beyond that. I think it might have actually been. I think that sometimes people can see things that people who are too obsessed with reality can't see. I believe that. He also talks about hypnotism as possibly being the reason that he does things or he sees the things he sees gives examples of like how hypnotism compelled this woman to like behave irrationally and was like maybe someone hypnotized me and that's why i'm freaking the fuck out but it's a really good fucking story (laughs) yeah sorry not that romantic fucking weird another fucking weird story is about emily saggy Mm -hmm. or saget saget because she's french born in dijon february 3rd 1813 so just had their birthday right Mm, i guess so in 1845 after she was born she went to teach at a boarding school in latvia so uh yes that one was really weird because she was seen in front of a class and like 42 students saw her existing in two places at once they were like oh you were in the garden and you were also in the fucking classroom and this woman could never see her doppelganger but she could sort of feel she felt like kind of ill and queasy when it was near her but everyone else but her could see it and it was a complete fucking twin and then these other 13 students witnessed it standing right next to her in the classroom also she had like 19 jobs in like 20 years or something or like 30 years like they kept firing her every time the kids saw the the fucking doppelganger doppelganger, they were like you gotta go you haunted ass bitch yeah she had like a million jobs because she couldn't keep a job because of her doppelganger no you saw her huh yeah isn't that nuts she never saw her but she had and like I just it's like how do you explain that it's weird it is so we also got into the whole like tulpa thing because that's also in Twin Peaks and in Twin Peaks the tulpas become doppelgangers like they're a thought form which is what the tulpa supposedly is it's like this thought form that becomes an object or like a person that you can believe in something so hard or like so much that you can make it real right and so in Twin Peaks they use that to be create these doppelgangers of these other people that are in the show so we had to look into that a little bit too and it's really fucking fascinating yeah so basically like we discovered that the ideas behind tulpa were really seen through a lens of white people so we had to kind of examine what impact that could have on the idea of a tulpa because basically there was this spiritualist alexandra david neal who had observed these kind of mystical practices and then there was like yeah evan wentz yeah so this dude evan wentz had not really any knowledge about tibet so he was like uh very much looking at it through western lens so we just kind of were like okay well what does that mean for tulpas and what does that mean for like the idea of tulpas in western pop culture and then you were like oh it's actually Jungian. i thought it was Jungian more than uh variana or whatever it's like 
or whatever the fucking like indian or anything or like veda or like i didn't i actually thought it was a Jungian thing i didn't know it had any theoretical like basis yeah i didn't know that i thought utopa was something that young made up so that's interesting to me i didn't know about the mysticism part or whatever as much as just like the idea from young so that was cool to find out that from you but like I'm not so sure it's not real, too. You know what I mean? Like, how many times have we felt that way where you put something out there and it becomes real, right? Or, like, that fucking really great comic book we talked about, The Department of Truth, is all about tulpas. It's all about stopping them from happening because what if they get out of control? And I think that's such a great idea. And I think that's kind of what the doppelganger is like, where it's like, what if this idea manifests into an actual person and gets out of control or what if it like you know what i mean like you can't control yourself which is obviously part of what this is about right jekyll and hyde whatever but i love this idea that you can just believe something so much that it becomes an actual physical thing and i don't see why that isn't possible well we don't have any like uh, solid evidence of it but there's certainly like people who have seen that idea in their life and believed it wholeheartedly and been like, this is my reality, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so much that there's like all these different ideas about doppelgangers around the world. Well, that's what I was going to say. There's like twin spirit or like double spirit or evil twins, like in tons of different cultures. And in historic, in like antiquity even, because like the Zervanite branch of, Zoroastrianism in Persia, which is like first religion, super super long ago, two twenty six to six fifty one CE. Like this is like really really early days of civilization. We're talking like before the Middle Ages. Yeah, this is like literally Zoroastrianism is one of the first religions, like organized religions of humankind. It's where a lot of religions started. So this idea of having like an evil twin and duality existed in that time. Well, that was the whole basis of Zoroastrianism is that there's an evil twin and a good twin and they're fighting each other and it's ongoing. And then I think like the good twin kills the bad twin or something. Anyway. So if you see your twin, you have to assume that you're the good twin and right. kill your evil twin. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's like some old ass idea. And it Ancient. continues to be perpetuated to now. Whether you create your twin or it exists outside of you already, like regardless, they both exist in this reality. People have seen it or believe they've seen it. Right. And so sometimes it's not you that sees it, but other people. So if they see it, it means that you might be sick. So this woman Catherine Crow who wrote like the night side of nature or ghosts and ghost seers believes that the doppelganger is often said to appear as one sleeps or falls ill and this has led to the belief that when our bodies can no longer hold on so tightly our spirits may be free to wander and this really struck a chord with me because I feel like I saw my own grandma when she was like about to not be here anymore like she's about to pass away Mm -hmm. and i was like that was a very tangible experience for me personally that i didn't doubt that was her right and so that makes sense if you think about like a lot of stories that people tell about ghosts like most ghost stories have to do with people they know on the brink of death or right right after death so if you see a doppelganger that person might still be alive but they might be like you know not doing well yeah (laughs) yeah damn and then another belief about doppelgangers from norse mythology we just talked about where it's like percy shelley right saw himself in advance Mm -hmm. and was like oh shit there i go (laughs) well i'll do that later yeah i'll be dead later (laughs) he also always had premonitions of his death and drowning and he did so he was a weird spooky dude in general one thing that I learned in researching these doppelgangers was Egyptians. The reason that they have mummies is because they believe in the Ka, which is a thought of as a spiritual double born in everyone. So, like, Michaela and I both have spiritual doubles in the universe or, or reality. And when they die. When I die? When we die. 
Our spiritual double lives on as long as we have somewhere to live, usually that person's body. This is why Egyptians mummified their dead. If they kept the body from decomposing, that meant their spiritual double had somewhere to live. And is that, I wonder, in a lot of their stuff, like the Book of the Dead or whatever, that they would be like so specific. And then I feel like parts of it was like what happened after your body did decompose. Like, were you, weren't you like lost or you would wander or something like that because you had nowhere to live? Isn't that what happened to your That cough? would be consistent with this idea, right? I feel like I remember something like that. I guess I should have looked it up. But yeah, that's interesting. Um, I ha- I really have a hard time, though, believing that we need some place to live. And it's this crappy old body. Well, it's like we can't live in a tree or some shit, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. But like now we've talked about different places. I've seen Chucky. I could live in a little plastic doll. There's like Persian. That's Iran. Then there's like, uh, you know, Norse. That's like Scandinavia. Yeah. But we talked about the Hopi one, right? Because that's right. It was like. So those are American, Native Americans. And they refer to twins as well, called the child of the sun and the child of the water. And they believe that what's happening in the upper world is the opposite is happening in the underworld. So two worlds exist that are mirrored. Which we talked, I was like, oh my God, did Jordan Peele read about this when he wrote Us? I was like, that's totally like, right? Right? I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if he was like, that's fucking scary. I'm going to write a whole movie about that. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting, because that's exactly what it sounds like, the upper world and the underworld. It's like, <sighs> Yeah, so if you see your evil double, they're, or your double, they're the evil one from the underworld who's doing the opposite shit that you're doing. Yeah, supposedly. Supposedly. So then there's this one, which I think is a little bit of a stretch, but like, apparently the Canelos Indians of South America hated portraiture and photography because they think that the pictures captured the soul of the person. And they see portraiture as a representation of the soul and believe the soul pictures becomes the double. So basically, if you take a photo, you duplicate yourself. But I don't think that this is really a true doppelganger. I think that the article we sourced this (laughs) from is like trying to do too much. No. I get what they're going for, but like, no. Anyway. Another one is that there's a theory that the doppelganger could also represent a parallel universe. Well, that's what I think, too, sometimes. I'm like, because there has been a lot more stories. So I listened to all this paranormal shit. And I think it was on Monsters Among Us that the guy said that he's been getting more doppelganger stories than ever before. He's like, I don't know what's happening, but there's been a huge increase in doppelganger stories. And I find that really fascinating because I've seen hella doppelgangers on my fucking street and this weird fucking trail where I see all kinds of weird stuff all the fucking time, just in general, like leave it at that. But then... I've seen at least three I can remember. I feel like there was a fourth, but I just can't fucking remember. But I've seen like my old roommate that I hate and I was like terrified because I thought that she literally was like living near me now because I was on the way to Bart and she walked in front of me and she looked so much like her. And then this weird dude that he works at the weed store I go to and I thought he sat next to me at the bench, but it wasn't him. Because I saw that dude the next day and he didn't mention it. So it was this total, because uh, I, I was totally expecting this guy to be like, why didn't you want to sit next to me on the bench? And I had I had to be like, I didn't want to sit next to anyone. You know, like I just, whatever. I have my reasons, dude. But it wasn't him. He didn't even bring it up. It was like that. It just never happened. I was like, that wasn't that guy. And then I straight up saw my niece and pushing a baby carriage. And it looks just like her. She's like my godchild too. She's in her 30s. I have, I'm old. So like, <laughs> I Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, is that my fucking niece right now with her baby? It looked just like her all on this same wilderness trail. So it's like, I don't know what's going on, man. But I'm just saying sometimes I'm like, is this just an alternate reality? Like, is this just this time slip? Is this a slip into some other reality? And because now I'm here, the reality where my fucking niece lives in Pleasant Hill here is like, I don't know. I don't know. Well, like, the source that they cite for this is, like, Columbia University physicist Brian Greene, author of the book, The Hidden Reality, Parallel Universes, and the Deep Laws of the Cosmos. According to him, we all have doppelgangers. I really, I feel like it's true. It's like, and I feel like we must have infinite ones if they could pass through the realities because there's infinite Michaela's, right? And then there's been stories 
that I've heard on these podcasts where some doppelgangers will show up. There was this one story and I'll try to find it so we can link it in the show notes, but I don't, I can't promise anything. It was months ago where the doppelganger saved the person's life, which is very contrary to what we've been hearing. They showed up, they saw themselves across the street. The person waved them or like pushed them or waved them out of the way of where they were walking. And then they, they watched their doppelganger get hit by a car instead of them. Whoa and die and they got to live and they think that the doppelganger came back to like take the place of them what if they're really like a time traveler that's what they said they're like maybe a time traveler who knew like i could go forward in time and die instead and or something but they were like freaked the fuck out they're like that doppelganger saved my life so again that's which is again completely opposite so it's like are doppelgangers certain like apparitions a prediction of death and sickness and then other doppelgangers are not doppelgangers but in fact you from other realities i think they're two totally different things could be any of those could be both but as much as you might want to do not have sex with a doppelganger nothing good will come of it what? <laughs> i don't know is that just me wait what evidence do you have to support that i've been kind of thinking that the whole yeah. time are you wait like having sex with yourself <laughs> wait what why having, wouldn't i yeah but like Tell me more. Why is it a bad idea? Because you're not even supposed to talk to your doppelganger, remember? You're supposed to like run screaming from it. Supposedly. It's supposed mm. to be bad when you talk to it. So oh. bad luck. That's a German yeah, version. But anyway, who knows? Maybe they'll be like, I'm here to save you. Or it could be like Looper and they're there to kill you. It's, it could go a million ways. So, But first, let's have sex. <laughs> I'm here to save you from that boulder. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like Southland Tales and the whole world just implodes because you touched your fucking <laughs> doppelganger. That movie is about doppelgangers too, remember? I have to watch that movie again. The movie's one of the best. It gets so panned by critics, but it's honestly one of my favorite movies of all time. And there's a fucking prequel that's in the form of a graphic novel. So fuck you. This is just the coolest. It's the nerdiest shit in the world. It's so good. But essentially, Sean William Scott, they create a doppelganger of him because he goes through this weird, like, wormhole time portal thing and it creates a doppelganger of him and then he finds it and he's like what the fuck what the fuck and he like they touch hands and that's what like destroys the that's the uh apocalypse in the movie that's what kills everybody is them touching that's a rewatch sense so good it's like don't fucking do it's like that plus this like weird energy source that america starts using i feel like it's been over 10 years it's one of the best movies ever people make fun of it because it's also a parody of action movies oh and it's supposed to be acted poorly because if you know any of the actors in it they are good actors so it's like it's a parody it's super dark it's done by fucking one of my favorite directors that never got a chance after that which is the dude who did donnie darko richard kelly is amazing but he got completely shit on as a director so whatever he doesn't make movies anymore but his movies are fucking phenomenal and i love southland tales it's hilarious but you'll never get better cameos in any movie never who's in it everybody Everybody from like all the cool like SNL people are in it, like old school SNL people. Fucking okay, Buffy's in it. The Rock is in it. Sean William Scott. Fucking Sherry O'Terry. Fucking Justin Timberlake doing a fucking music video essentially of the killer song. Amy Poehler as as like a fucking spoken word like doofus. Like it's so fucking good. Christopher Lambert oh, is oh, in wow. it as an arms dealer selling shit out of a fucking ice cream truck. Wallace Shawn, fucking Kevin Smith in full on makeup as an old man. What? Um, fucking that dude from Night Court's in it. Nora Dunn. Oh, Sherry Dunn. I did are they related? That's interesting. Zelda Rubenstein. Zelda Rubenstein? Yes. From, yes. Uh, oh my God. Yes. Oh my God. Mandy Moore as a fucking goth, as a goth, and because she was also yeah, Mandy Moore is in it, and she's amazing. John um, Lovitz. John Lovitz. That's who, John Lovitz is a fucked up cop. He's a racist cop in it. It's so good. John Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Yeah, he's the main character, and they name him after a fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger action movie name. Like his name's like Jericho something and it's like it's a such an obvious satire but people panned it because they thought it was like serious i guess i don't know it's one of the best movies ever i fucking love it it's bizarre it's violent it's fucking great it's fucking awesome and then again it's like if you want more there's a whole prequel that explains all the weirdness and why like what happened to them in a uh, comic book form it's amazing jt 
We love that guy. I really do. I fucking love that guy. He's also one of the funniest people in SNL ever. Every one of them. All the, all the uh, Lonely Everything Island songs. Everything he does. Fucking incredible. I hope a third thing doesn't happen to them. <laughs> like, we do the Target guy all the time. <laughs> Where he's like, dude, he's oh, like yeah. got the lipstick. And he's like, I hope a third thing doesn't happen to them. I got called out for doing the Target lady impression when I was working at the coffee shop that I was like, I should have quit, you know? Like, I was ready to quit, but I didn't quit. And then I just started doing like weird ass impressions and being fucking crazy yeah <laughs> and they were like you gotta go they were like can you not patronize the customers <laughs> <laughs> you're like i don't think so <laughs> i really like, don't think i can i was you- like this is as nice as i can be right now <laughs> Ooh, i thought this is what you wanted yeah it was my doppelganger it was my doppelganger <laughs> i'm just gonna start blaming everything on my doppelganger now I'm like that wasn't me that was my doppelganger we all know how easy it is to tear a hole in the space-time continuum oh oops honey not again yeah the, uh, all the whales are gone the whales no has this ever happened to you have you peter parkered a whole multiverse of problems into existence i made casual sharding a thing i brought about a reality where overalls are sexy as fuck i accidentally opened a wormhole to an event horizon that's slowly sucking our entire galaxy into a black hole don't any of you worry because we here at faux enterprises have a solution oh thank god we've created many apocalypses that you can detonate in your fucked up timeline that will destroy all you have done and turn the nightmare you created into a thing of the past whatever the hell that means that's great so you know just jump back to normal right well it depends on your definition of normal and, and you Wait, what we here at faux enterprises know how hard it is to accept what you've done and would do anything to make it right that's why wait, we wait, 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 wait. what do you mean anything anything using our patented tiny particle accelerator you create a teeny weeny implosion that collapses reality as you know it, merging you with the closest parallel universe, Chip Chap. So we all die? Wait, we all die? Oh, no. <laughs> okay, good. Not exactly what... Uh, what is dying, really? <laughs> the important thing is that the multiverse is balanced once again, and nobody will shart at my next birthday party without immense amounts of shame. Yeah, this reality does suck shit. Buy your, your apocalypse today and save countless people horrible suffering that you brought upon the planet. It's, it's just overalls. Apocalypse <laughs> Enterprises is a subsidiary of Phonies Incorporated, makers of the Phopology and the Phoq. Phopocalypse Enterprises is not responsible for accidental detonation at the wrong time, creating an even more mindfuck mega mess. Should not be used if your reality currently includes unicorns, insects larger than the average toddler, or Jesus' evil twin Jerry. May leave a rash or rebirth mark from where you had alternate facial hair, mustard stains, or where something was being inserted at the time of detonation. Detonation should not be initiated if you are currently possessed or lactated. Call us today before it's too late or too early. Time is weird. The apocalypse. 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 Fuck you. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening to the Blunt Letters podcast. podcast. Check out our website at thebluntletters.com, our new home on the interwebs for all things Blunt Letters. You can find all our episodes, check out our blog, videos, and buy back issues of the Blunt Letters zine. Plus, get in touch with us with any suggestions, questions, or leave us a voicemail to be featured in an upcoming episode. You can follow our daily adventures and videos on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube. Remember to like and subscribe. Plus, you can now hear the Blunt Letters podcast episodes wherever you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. Finally! I know, right? Bye-bye!
Mm-hmm.